thought you were going to say Martin Luther King was at an opera. I was like, Welcome to This Is A Sports Podcast. Yosef Nasser, joined by Harry Leal, Armand Gravi, Tony Garcia, First and Evan Brooks. Guys, we've got a lot to get to. Um, Champions Classic yesterday. Ravens beat the Patriots. A lot of NBA action. Where do we want to start? Let's start Champions Classic. Your number one ranked Michigan State um, coming into yesterday. Um, drop a close one. Um what, what's, your, what's your reaction to Kentucky, the way that they performed? Maxi was a stud. Hat tip. Hat tip on some of those shots. I mean, he, was, uh, he wasn't the best player on the court, but he was the most talented and had the most impact on, on the game last night. Um, I mean, it was pretty much what I expected. This is what Michigan State does in these early uh, season matchups against really, really good teams. Um, Neither team is what they will be. You are no, you are not greater than the sum of your parts, as you will be, like when Michigan State always peaks February, March, etc. And so athleticism usually wins, and and that's what happened. Uh, Michigan State dug themselves a hole. Aaron Henry, who was supposed to be the X factor this year, played two minutes in the first half. Uh, I mean that can't happen. That's how you get a ten point deficit. Tillman was in foul trouble. Uh, Kithier was in foul trouble. Who both bigs, um, who, who you need to rebound and control the game. Um, people were a little timid, uh, and people like Rocket Watts and Marcus Bingham, who are going to have to hit shots for this team. I mean, they were so clearly hesitant to pull. I mean, Bingham played in like four games last year. He never played a meaningful minute all season long. Rocket Watts, true freshman, coming in. Uh, surprise! Here's Kentucky. Like that's not like the easy. That's not the easiest game uh, to come into. But still, a, a goose egg. Like that's unacceptable. You shoot five of twenty six. You're not gonna from range. You're not gonna win a game. So I mean. Michigan State had every chance to win. Like, I had, like, some friends who were, like, super worried about it and sky's falling. I was like, honestly, I feel really good about what I saw last night. You shoot 20% and you're in a two-point game with the most athletic team in the country in the final minute. Like, you're not going to shoot sub-20% from three every single game. Uh, I mean, they're like a lot of the sets they're running, like the pin-down action on the sides, uh, th- their, their entry passes are, like, a half-second late. Those are bunnies, and the timing is not quite there. I mean, because it's guys who haven't done it before. Aaron Henry's in a new role. Every single person, literally, other than Cassius Winston, is in a new role. They're either new or they're being asked to do something they weren't asked to do last year. So, I mean, you need more time. Is it annoying to lose to a team like Kentucky when, like, you have a, a better team that like that will be a better team? Yeah, that's frustrating. But, like, like I said, it's not college football. The season didn't end. It's always a good litmus test. It's fun to to be on a big stage in the opening night. Um, you just you want to win. Like who doesn't want to win? So your confidence level is as high as it was entering the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I said I thought they were going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Like gun to my head. I mean, I owe Evan a Gatorade because he's our <laughs> resident Kentucky fan, and I was like, like let's let's do it for fun. Let's put Ew. Gatorade yeah, on for, it. For fun. Um, you don't like Gatorade? No, I don't like Kentucky. Oh yeah, I don't either. Oh. I know, disgusting, right? Yeah. Ew. Um, but uh, but but I still said like gun to my head. I think Kentucky wins this game. I think that it's the type of what game flavor of Gatorade? That, that what's your do. what's your? He's so, he took some blue flavor. Oh, Riptide Rush. Oh, Riptide Rush. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have enough time yeah. to get. I see charges pretty. But I'll bring it. I'm not even going to tell you what day I'm going to bring it. That's fine. You're just going to get some flavor delivered to you one day. It'll be great. Get him yellow, bro. No, no. Lemon lime. So, but but um, I'm sure Armand's swinging that mic over to, to mention Tyrese Maxey. Um, I actually wasn't, but yeah, we can mention. I he, love future bowl Tyrese Maxey <laughs> <I'm, I'm laughs> with the praying. lottery. I'm praying. I was just going to mention two college basketball things because I don't really follow college basketball. But UC Irvine is one to know. Let's go. Awesome. Let's go. Anteaters. Ant- and uh, I also my freshman year went to UC Riverside before I transferred. You beat no, Nebraska. Beat Fred Hoiberg's Nebraska team and by Fred Hoiberg's former college coach, former Bulls coach, Fred by, by 18 <laughs> points in yeah. Lincoln. And did you play for UC Riverside? No, I did not play. Oh, for you UC played. Riverside. No, you played. You go. Yeah. Um, so I just want to point out, Fred Hoiberg's son is on that Nebraska team, correct? Incorrect. Fred Hoiberg's oh. son, Jack Hoiberg, plays for Michigan State. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, because I read a tweet that said uh, the best thing about Hoiberg tonight was his son played well. So I just assumed. So he's on. Maybe I mean maybe he has another son. Jack Hoiberg plays for Michigan State. Did he play well? Did he play no. at all? No. That's weird. Oh, well. I'm confused now. But Fred <laughs> Hoiberg took an L. Yes. Let's go. Oh, so oh, bull. Okay, I was like, why are you so yeah, glad yeah. that Hoiberg? That's the double like, whammy. There we go. Okay, uh, so so my Champions Classic. Too. I, I was at Bulls Lakers yesterday, so I didn't get oh, to watch. Oh, and let's can we mention you? LeBron touched your arm. 
He did touch my You arm. guys ran into each other's arms. He did. What? I, I was standing right next to Randy Mims, and LeBron was walking down the hall, and he was doing some type of like NBA films recording. He had like a boom mic hanging over his head, and he was like, yeah, man, you know, big win, you know, like talking inspirational or whatever. And, you know, he's hype dapping up everybody's six-step handshakes. I'm next to Randy. He does his handshake shake with uh, with Randy, and then I'm right next to him. He's like, you know, slaps me right on the forearm. You know? Oh! Exuberance, man. You guys are hyping it up. But, uh, oh, you are. You're giddy. I, I was giddy. It was surreal, man. It was surreal. I'm all in on LeBron, man. I'm all in. <laughs> all in on LeBron. Touched by God. Holy shit. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, though, um, because I, I was there. I didn't get to watch uh, the Duke-Kansas game. Um, what was your perspective of, of Duke? That game was back and forth, Evan. Um, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, I, I know you were talking about Vernon Carey in our group chat, Armand. You were talking about Trey Jones. What what what, what did I miss from that game uh, uh, from your perspective on Kansas-Duke? Yeah, quickly. Um, uh, I think we were spoiled last year, obviously, with last year's Duke team, with all the explosiveness, all the hype around Zion Williamson. Um, they're freshmen. Played pretty good. Um, I would say Matthew Hurt had a, had a couple moments. Cassius Stanley didn't do anything to, like, stand out, really. Um, so I think that this Duke team, is it's going to take them a minute to come together and be cohesive. They did force Kansas into 30 turnovers, which is – I don't know if that was his first game jitters or if, defense, or if Duke was actually playing that well of defense. I know there were – a couple of possessions where their defense was actually pretty, pretty good. But these freshmen, I don't know, like the commentators were saying, they don't know if they have a lottery pick on this team, which I totally agree with. Yeah. They look like they, like I said, they're going to have to take a minute to come together. But uh, overall, they play pretty well. I think Kansas played well, too. They stayed with them for the most part. Damian Dotson uh, played pretty well. Azubuki played pretty well. Um, I just think it was the turnovers that killed Kansas. Um, even with the 30 turnovers, it's still only a one-possession game. Trey Jones, um, he still needs to work on his jumper. Mm. I would think having a, a summer to work on it, he would, you know, get it a little better. He was 0-4 from three. But, I mean, he runs the team pretty well. He's, he knows what he's good at, playing defense, uh, set, running the sets. So. I was I was underwhelmed by, by Trey Jones, and I think this was a good match. Like, I think Duke – like, so Kansas turned it over, like you said, 28 times. So when they clean that up, it's going to be a lot. It's gonna, they're going to look a lot better. And then, but for Duke, I thought this was a tough, a tough matchup for Duke because one of their players who I'm really going to be watching this year is Javin Delorier, their center, and I mean he was just completely nullified by by Kansas's bigs, Azabuki mainly, um, and then McCormick as well. Uh, so I I was I expected Trey Jones to look a lot better than he did. Yeah. I mean, not that I am like a big like a believer in Trey Jones. I thought he would look better. Um, but these are both really good teams. They're gonna. Make deep runs in there. Uh, of the four teams in the Champions Classic, confidence ratings one to four. Who's gonna? Who, who's most likely to make the Final Four in your opinion? If you had to, if you had to rate it between Michigan State, Kentucky, uh, Kansas, and then Duke, I, I would say Michigan State. Okay, I, I still have had the most confidence, and because they have the most proven player of the four in Cassius Winston, but. In college, you need three people going to be successful. Mm. You, need, you need three, uh, and and Xavier Tillman's probably that second guy. If Aaron Henry is aggressive, there's aggressive Aaron Henry and timid Aaron Henry. So I still think Michigan State. And if I was picking a second team, I would say Kansas. Okay. 20, 28 turnovers, and you're in a one possession game with Duke. Like, are you in the same boat there, Evan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I agree. I mean, um, it's great to have freshmen, five stars, all that, but I mean, experience wins in the tournament and. Michigan State obviously has that. They have the best point guard in the country in Cassius Winston. And uh, with as far as, yeah, and with Kansas, uh, I think, like I said, they had 30 turnovers. I mean, first game jitters, but they look they look pretty good. So I mean, we've Kentucky third, Duke fourth. Yeah, we've right seen fourth. guard play play a huge factor uh, when it comes to the tournament. And, sure. I mean, Winston is a, is a big factor in that. I mean, we, outside, my bad. Just quickly, outside of Maxi, I mean, none of the other Kentucky freshmen really did anything. Hagen's yeah, quickly. Hagen needs to be able to finish at the yeah. rim. Yeah. If he could finish yeah. at the rim, that yeah. wasn't going to be a close game. He's yeah. so athletic. I mean, Whitney didn't do nothing. <clears throat> Juzang didn't really do much. Keon Brooks didn't really do much. So, outside of Maxi, I mean, they. I mean, obviously his first game, whatever. But, I mean, they're going to have to step up if they want to make a deep run. Okay, we want to get into an exercise um, because we've got Armand Hot Take Tundravi here. And, you know, the last time we spoke, uh, we, we did our podcast day before Halloween. Um, and we're, we're going to do a little role reversal here. So we're going to talk. L- let's try to stick to Lakers and then maybe expand out, you know, if we want to hit that. But we, what we want to do, the exercise concept is, is that Armand has to give the most boring cookie cutter <laughs> takes that he can. Meanwhile, everybody else who wants to participate um, in in the Takeathon, we have to do our best to give the most outrageous possible takes that we possibly can. The Armand take. 
The Armand take exactly. <laughs> Who wants to judge this? Because it seems like do you do you want to part? Do you want to give Tony? Do you want to give uh, Armand type takes? Do you want to judge? Do you want to give your Who's own judge takes? It as a room. I can, I, I can go either way. Okay. We we never decided. Okay. Just, let's just judge, judge it as a room. Judge as a room. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Harry, why don't you start? What, what's what's your Armand take? NBA related. I mean, let's let's go Lakers wise. What, what's your uh, Armand take? D. White Howard, number thirty nine. Why did he, why did he choose that number? Does anybody know? We have no idea. Weird. What a weird yeah, fucking looks number. Terrible. I don't like Is going to be your most improved player of the 2019-2020 season. Whoa. He's thirty four. I'm here uh, for it. Look, the Lakers have the best defense in the NBA right now. Right. It's it's a toss up between them and Utah, and I think the Lakers numbers are a little bit better across the board. They just uh, just beat Chicago last night and improved to 6-1. and one. Um, We were all wrong about the – well, not we were all. You and I were wrong about the Lakers. Uh, they're actually going to be a good team. Um, and Dwight is really anchoring their defense and doing his role on offense. Right now, <clears throat> poor cleaning the glass. That's like my catchphrase, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard, his efficiency differential. So that just means, like, how good is the team with you uh, when you're on the court? Um is at plus 30.4. For context, Kawhi Leonard is at plus 32.3. So that means that uh, not only the Lakers, a much better team with him, you know, on the floor on offense, but also obviously on defense. And he's doing this, you know, at the ripe old age of of 33, I think, or 34, or however, the fly, however old he is. He looks awesome. I, I, I'm totally here for it. His player efficiency rating, uh, just a notch above 20, is 45th in the NBA, and he's only getting, like, 21 minutes a game. I mean, he's averaging 7 and 8. His per 36s would be, like, 12 and 13. That's not, like, prime Dwight, but this is the best Dwight we've seen in, in a decade. In years. And, and so I don't know who has improved more from last year. For, I mean, he was done. He was, like, dead he as a toast. doornail. And I, ta- and I randomly mentioned how much I loved him and how my fantasy basketball name was Dweezy's Squad Forever. <laughs> Because I called him Dweezy. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I fully believe that. Going along those lines, my take is that Dwight Howard makes the all-star team. <laughs> Love it. He's over, a popular player. Over who? Jokic? He's going to win the fan vote. Oh, he's going to start. He's going to start. <laughs> he's going to win the fan vote with the way that he's performing. The Lakers need him. He's playing 20-plus minutes a game. That's only going to scale up. With JaVale McGee, he's struggled. He's regressed uh, from his career season last year. I think Dwight Howard, his presence is so impactful. His ability to defend on the perimeter. He swatted Kobe White, or, you know, Lord and Savior Kobe White. Spiked it. Spiked it. Out of, out of the room, I, I think that Dwight Howard, the Lakers get three All-Stars. <laughs> Dwight Howard will be starting in the All-Star game. Do we want to get an outrageous take from, uh, from you, Tony? Agreeing with Harry was my outrageous take. Okay. And Armand, what's your what's your sensible take? This is really hard. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I really don't. I I was trying to brainstorm something sensible. Um, I mean, Harry kind of said what I was going to say, that the Lakers have, you know, the number one defense in the NBA right now. So that is a good sign. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Struggling. I can't do it. You can't I even have, give it a try? You can't even just be like LeBron is like still got it. No, I don't think he does. Well, I'm have sorry. You, have you seen the numbers? I have watched their offense. Three, three, three their, I, you just, just I'm taking your mic. I'm stealing your mic. You just failed the exercise 30 seconds, yeah, 30 30 seconds, seconds into it. 30 seconds into it. You're, you're a character. You're playing a character. Get in role. Okay. I'll try this again. LeBron <laughs> has looked at times amazing this year. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There it is. That's all I can say. Can I give my hot take though? No, we'll let no. you get to your hot take. We're, we're doing. Listen, LeBron is like, he's 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 assisting on something absurd. Like sixty percent of his teammates makes are like LeBron assists because he, he holds leads the ball the like James Harden but he's the whole time. Way better than he's way better than Harden is at playmaking. You can't deny that LeBron is like still an incredible playmaker. I think he's above average. I think Harden's a different level That's of playmaker. That's crazy. Harden's I think look, th- here's here's how points I here's how possession I see it. was insane last here's year. Here's how I see it. I think it's like it's almost like looking at like you're seeing like a pitcher lose like his like maybe 2 or 3 miles per hour off his fastball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like LeBron can't quite get to exactly where he wants to go and just dunk on everybody anymore, but he's you're starting to see him over the last week adjust his game to that and focus on other, you know, areas. Like you mentioned his points per possession. It's not as good it's it's not even close to as good as it was in peak LeBron years. But as like a playmaker as a primary like distributor, we're seeing his turnovers come down and we're seeing his like assist rate like go crazy. And now the Lakers are 6 and 1. 
LeBron is I, that was a great analogy by the baseball thing. LeBron is Justin Verlander. Yeah, he doesn't sure. have the he can't reach back and get ninety nine hundred in the eighth inning. Yeah. and just throw it by people. But he's smart. Like he's always been a smart player. He's learned what his weapons he has now. He's like he's using his breaking ball. He's 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 pitching. He's not throwing. And, and he's going he, back to that baseline fadeaway that he's had since high school, which yep. is like still so pretty. Yeah, it's unguardable. Yeah, I mean it's not a high. It's not a like sabermetrically like appropriate shot. It's not but, Sloan but, Conference but, friendly. But, yeah, but for yeah. LeBron, it's it works. He was throwing windmill dunks down in warm-ups year 17 the way that he did you know, in year three. Um, I think athletically, I, the, thing, the, the thing I'll, th- I'll say about LeBron is that my sense is that he believes in this team to a great de- degree, and I think that's all that matters. You can say whatever you want about the supporting cast. You can say that he's regressed, this, that, or the other. The guy is a man on a mission right now. He recognizes that this is his time. Before, you know, the, the NBA is wide open. This is his window. This is his window. And he's got Anthony Davis. He's got Dwight Howard looking as good as he's looked in years. And I think the supporting cast is enough. And, you know, in, in the postgame uh, comments, he, he said, you know, he, he made a concerted effort to build up the Kyle Kuzmas, the Quinn Cooks, the Alex Carusos, because he realizes that he's going to need these guys in games like this where – you know the Bulls were up by 13 entering the fourth quarter. They they go on a 29 to six run. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know that we're dramatic pause there. Yeah, the Bulls suck. I mean, I don't know. What but here's the, here's the thing about that though. This is my second uh, Armand outrageous take. Everybody is saying that the Bulls, you know, they need to blow it up. Zach Levine sucks. You know, tank away. I think they make the five seed, and here's why. What? Here's why. Casey Johnson just had an aneurysm. <laughs> they make the five seed because of the weakness of the East. I'm not buying this Miami Heat team. I mean, they've got guys who are doing... I, I don't know if this is an act or... This keep, is in an... Mind, keep in mind, Joseph is being yeah, Armand, yeah. and you're doing a great job. You're doing job. a great job. You're doing a great yeah, job. Harry, was, you have was, all of our draws That, that cosplay was, like, but, excellent. Like, <laughs> but is that legitimate? No, you don't actually think that. I mean, just got so excited. When you talk, when you talk, <laughs> we're talking about Kendrick Nunn. We're talking about Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson played D three Michigan three four years ago. So, when we talk about guys who can get the job done, maybe not a five seed, but a six seed, they're only four games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. You know, honestly, I I hear what you're saying because think about locks for the playoffs in the East. Sure, we have. I think, in my opinion, I have five locks right now. Right. Philly, um, uh, Milwaukee, um, Miami, Toronto, and Boston in some order. That's it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I think anybody else could still make the – well, not anybody. The Knicks are not going to make the playoffs. I think anybody else outside of the Knicks could still probably make the playoffs. And lost in the weeds – sure? Lo- lost in the weeds of all of this is the performance that Kobe White had in that first half. If you can sustain that, if you can sustain that, if you can somehow Very hold Tyrese the lead, we're having a completely different conversation. So all, all that needs to happen is that Jim Boylan needs to reconfigure his rotations to the point where Kobe White is being optimized. I think he ran out of gas towards the end of that game, but if the Bulls come away with a victory, we're having a whole different conversation. The breakout of Wendell Carter. Yes, I'm concerned about Larry Markinen, but this is one of the purest shooters in the game. He needs to get his confidence. He's not as decisive as he needs to be, but I think that there are pieces here. Zach is the big trigger piece. Do they trade him for an asset that better complements this group? Or is he a guy who can kind of play the way he was playing towards the middle of this game where he was doing the right things? He was making smart passes. He was making good reads. I think that the Bulls still make the playoffs. Maybe five seed is hyperbole. Six seed is in, in the cards for me. Well, I appreciate the optimism, but I have I share none of those sen- sentiments. Hit him I with think, the walk-off, Armand. I think we're... Uh... 12 to 14 seed probably best case is sneaking in as like an eight but i don't see that happening because our offense is too inconsistent our guys can't produce every night guys are playing out of position out of roles lowry's lost all his confidence the coach sucks everything is bad i just want to leave you guys with one sentiment because harry said there's five locks i'm going to go one step further and give you guys a thought experiment I don't think in this wide-open NBA, I already mentioned this to you, Yos, I don't understand why people aren't putting more respect on Indiana. Because when Indiana gets Oladipo back healthy 
Malcolm Brogdon is playing at an all-NBA level. You talk about defense, they got Turner and Sabonis down there. Oladipo can lock up anybody. TJ Warren's putting up 30-plus in filling in. He's going to be, like, what, their fifth-best player when everybody's healthy? They have Jeremy Lamb off the bench. They can have the whole year to figure out the rest of their rotation. They already got the top six guys established. I don't see why Indiana can't, in a wide-open NBA, win the Eastern Conference. Oh, my God. I don't see it. Jesus I don't see Christ. The, the True to Armand, you the, failed the exercise. I know. The caveat, you have failed the exercise. To, you are dismissed. To, to Your mic off. is muted. Okay. <laughs> you got to go, dude. That, this is so weird. I feel like uh, Armand lost the microphone. 40, 45. Well, I actually, I, I mean, other, short, stopping short of saying they win the East, I actually agree with what, with on, what he was saying stop. about Indiana. Indiana I said stopping short of winning the yeah. East. Indiana will make the playoffs. I mean, it all hinges, it all hinges on Vic. Quick mic. I, I oh, uh, I've, I've turned off. Oh, wait, that's my mic. <laughs> I've turned off. Your I've, your mic is off, Armand. The, the, this this uh, talking is fruitless. Of course that. they do. Listen, I just want to rattle off a couple of Indiana numbers. They have a bottom 10 offense in the league right now. I understand they're missing Turner and they're missing Oladipo, obviously. But that's with Malcolm Brogdon playing at the level that he's playing at. Um, and they rarely turn the ball over. Generally, teams that don't turn the ball over, that have shitty offenses, have shitty offenses the whole season. Because that just means you just can't shoot. You can't generate points. But you're getting a top 20 player in the league back. But, but that's a huge if. That's yeah. a huge ask. Is, is, he, not, is, is he not coming back? No, no, no. I, I'm no, saying, back. is he going to come back at that level? Yeah. You're seeing Gordon Hayward right now, yeah. who destroyed his foot. This is two years now after... Uh, uh, his injury, and he finally turned in like a really good game last yeah. night. He had 39 points and only made one three. He used up his one good game. Yeah, that's it. Too early. He <laughs> I'm not saying Oladipo is not that guy. I yeah. love Victor Oladipo, but I'm saying that like it's not. You can't just be so irresponsible to be like he's going to come back and he's yeah. going to be Victor Oladipo right away. Exactly. There's there's a progression that needs yeah. to happen, and when you look at these injuries, you can talk about Paul George when he had the injury right. uh, with the USA. Years. It took him two years. You can talk about Tony Parker had the quad injury. He was never really the same. Kawhi Leonard sat out most of an entire he's year. He's still getting his load managed. He's still getting his load managed, indeed. That um, sounds sexy. interesting know, phrasing of that. He's still um, getting his load managed. You, you can't count on Vo being the same Vo. I need to see it first, and I think he's going to have to play his way back yeah. into form. So Eastern Conference is absolutely ridiculous um, in terms of the Pacers winning it. Yeah. Can they be in that 5-6 mix? For yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. But ultimately, That's I think— That's what I was saying. Yeah. This, I, said, I said they were no, going to make definitely. the playoffs. I didn't mean to like, blow up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying like they're not a lock. Mm. Okay. Like Armand, I think, genuinely believes they are. I, I was the lowest on the Pacers going into the season, and the thing, the factor that I dismissed is how good Malcolm Brogdon is. I think he's, that he's, he's very the decision that the Bucks made to extend Eric Bledsoe midseason and how he looks now versus he Malcolm had a good game Brogdon. Last night, though. Okay, last night, but big picture, how did he look in the playoffs? That, no, that's I my know. concern. Yeah, and and those those questions are not going to go away until this postseason. I mean, it doesn't matter. He could put up like a triple double for the rest of the season, do his best Russell Westbrook impersonation, and um and those questions are not going to go away. I want to just rattle off a couple of Malcolm Brogdon stats. Sure, he is in the top, just outside of the top ten in usage rate right now, and he is fourth in assist rate to LeBron, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. And he's turning the ball over the least out of all of them, except LeBron. He's tied with, with LeBron in turnover rate. LeBron's washed up, man. That's a great company. <laughs> yeah, he's lost it. Like, Brogdon is legitimately, like, are in the discussion for, like, a top three point guard in the league right now. Top three in the league. Wow, it's so weird. Like, you're not wrong. It's so weird it's to weird hear to that. Hear it's it, weird to hear. That. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he's yeah. in the discussion, no, especially yeah, with Steph weird. Curry out with yeah. a broken hand. Does he make the all-star team? I absolutely think, I think he so. should. I, think I mean, so. it's tough when you run through the names because there's there's two locks for getting voted in, right? There's Kyrie lock. Yeah, lock. Uh, either Brad Beal or Jimmy Butler or Kemba. One of those guys is gonna gonna get voted in yeah. like, mm. over over Brogdon, right? Mm. There's two guard spots. Two of those are gonna go to uh, somebody like whoever gets left over, right? Brad Beal, Kyle Lowry is a guy that his numbers look really great so far. Mm. But then there's those two wild. What about spots. Trey Young? Trey Young is also a guy. Luke Kennard. <laughs> Luke Kennard. Derek Rose. He could get the <laughs> uh, Trey will probably get voted in if he continues to have this kind of season as far as like fan popularity. So mm. it's tough to say, will Brogdon get in? Probably not. But should he get in if he continues this level? I think so. I think it'd be a, ro- a robbery if he doesn't. It would be. It's just he, he has all of the makings to me of a guy who we're talking about. It's like Malcolm Brogdon got snubbed. Yeah, exactly. He, he got yeah. flat-out snubbed. Yeah. So Will he versus should he is like a different t- uh, discussion. A guard you didn't mention, Ben Simmons, I want to talk about. Because the issues – I'm a 76ers fan, as you guys know. Full the issues that we've seen with him 
in years past. He's the same player that he was in 2017. I floated out as a thought experiment. Would you rather have Ben Simmons or Pascal Siakam? As you know, I'm the the redraft god. I love to take every NBA <laughs> draft and like reconfigure who would go number one. Pascal Siakam went 27th, I believe, in 2016 draft. That's right. Where um, did he go to school? He went to New Mexico New State. Mexico State. Mexico State. Um, ben Simmons went, went number one. I yeah. mean, Brandon Ingram, the way that he's playing. Yeah, I mean, he 40, sensational. 40, 45, right? 40. 40. He dropped a 40, 40 bomb. Yeah, 40. 40 and 5. Would you ta- are you about to say No, no, I'm asking. No, no, no. I'm so, asking. It's I'm a asking. Fair question. Where do you draw the line is what I'm saying. Would you rather ha- – let's start here. Would you rather have Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons? Pascal. 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 And it's not even – like, right no now, hesitation. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying in a vacuum as far as, like, through, whatever, six or seven games right but now. But even last year, yeah, look yeah. at the playoff numbers versus Ben Simmons uh, with yeah. Pascal Siakam, where Pascal Siakam was the best player on the sure. court in game one of the NBA Finals. Look, yeah, people are people are looking at Pascal now, and I'm still hearing a lot of, like, is it a fluke? You cannot do what he did against an all-time elite defender in Draymond in the NBA Finals, the biggest stage in the world, and basically, like, 20 and 10 every night. Yeah. You can't call that a fluke. And then have him carry this, you know, into the regular season so far. The 2016 legit. draft was a pretty weak draft. No, it was a very yeah, weak it draft. It was a very <laughs> weak draft. Pretty... Had like maybe ten players who are like, you know, would you Dejounte Murray? I love Dejounte looks, Murray. Would you awesome. take Dejounte Murray over? Not yet. Simmons? Not yet. Simmons? Not yet. I yeah. love Dejounte Murray yeah. though. But that's you know that's a group we talk about. You know, Jalen Brown just got extended. Demontis Sabonis, Jamal Buddy Heald. No, no, no way, on. no way. It's, Give me a break. Jamal, it, it, it's not... it's still. I've moved Pascal over Ben Simmons. Brandon Ingram, I mean, KOC, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, as you know, he's still saying that he thinks that Brandon Ingram can <laughs> be the best player in that draft. Look, B.I. has wrestled this team away from Drew Holiday. And yeah. I'm not, Drew Holiday is not putting up any resistance. He's, a, by, all, by all accounts, like a great teammate mm. in, that, in that way. But, but what I've seen from Ingram so, so far this season, I've been the most wrong about him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he had that in him. And, you know, so far, I, I'm not sure about his stats so far, but like just watching the way that they play on the court, yeah. everything runs through Ingram now. Yeah, but how long does that become the case until Zion gets back? For right? sure, for like, sure. But you, you always want someone in today's NBA. It, you want two or three of those you need guys. Need a score, and if sure. nothing else, confidence-wise, which yeah. Bi's never had. Yeah, exactly. Ever. I mean, I briefly went through He's it. His game. Um, I think it's the LeBron effect that I, that we talked about a couple weeks back when I was saying that. I mean, LeBron really affects these young guys. I sure. mean, now he's like, like you said, I mean, obviously they don't have Zion, but he yeah. he's surrounded by players who aren't of LeBron's caliber, so now he can take those shots. He can show his true package of skills, whereas yeah. when he's playing with LeBron, he's standing in the corner waiting for him to he's direct scared, him and He's everything. scared of, yeah. of disappointing LeBron. Exactly. And that's, that's not necessarily like LeBron consciously being like, hey, you guys need to give me the yeah, fucking ball. Exactly. But Steve Curtis talked about this on uh, uh, Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball yep. pod um, about playing with Michael Jordan. Everybody in the team is scared because that's the fucking goat. You yeah. know that's the goat. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you're gonna treat that basketball situation differently. We saw it with D'Angelo Russell when he was with Kobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. go down the line, and it's, it, again, it's not an it's not an indictment on LeBron or Kobe or Mike, it's but not. it's just a fact of like that's what happens when you play with true greatness. Mm. And so now you're right. You're seeing Bi like kind of have those shackles unchained. I want to read you the Bi numbers because they're astonishing. So 31 minutes a game, 25.9 points. <sighs> 55% from the field, 48 from three that's on five attempts. Game. Five attempts a game. I think that's a, I think that's a, I mean, uh, 48%. It, it's hyperbole to suggest that that's sustainable, yeah, that's but it's impressive because he was never a high volume guy and he was also shooting was high like 20s, low average, 30s. Yeah. yeah. So you're t- when you're talking about the league average for an NBA shooter, league average is around 34, 35%. 34, 35%. If exactly. Brandon Ingram can beat that or a little bit above that, He's already my a country mile ahead of where he ever was yeah. as a Laker, and a country mile ahead of Ben Simmons, which is <laughs> discouraging. Sure. The Simmons thing is so weird, right? Because I think you, like you, and can I, you talk me off the ledge? Because I'm legitimately okay. depressed about this. I, we, like I think that I thought this guy. I bought be. into. I bought into the. <laughs> this guy is like LeBron without a, a jump shot. Like I bought into that in 2016. I was amped when we got him, when we won sure. the lottery, when we had him. But it's just he's the exact same player. What's wrong? The 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 how I will talk you off the ledge is that like we're always seeing like I'm always like a big Rico Hines guy like you know like I'll, I'll be watching these like YouTube yeah. summer love, runs love and stuff. Rico. I was a big Rico Hines love guy Rico too Hines. when I saw you know Ben Simmons draining step back threes. Right, and um you know if you rewind a little bit like to last year before this whole Pascal thing blew up, I didn't know who Pascal uh, was. I'm not a big college basketball guy. Like I don't know how he did at New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't pay any attention to him his rookie season. Um, but um, in these summer runs, there was one guy just out here killing dudes on the court. Like, and I'm talking about, you know, like these Rico Hines runs are like the top top yeah. dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah for and sure. I'm like, who is that? And I'm, you know, I found out it's Pascal. Yeah. And he had the year that he had. 
Simmons is always murking dudes in every single non-NBA setting, right? Like, eventually, doesn't that have to do something with your confidence if you're if you're playing against the same dudes who you're seeing on an NBA court? Like, how how is it possible? Here's my thing. At a certain point, it does have to be about roster construction, right? Is this the right team for him? We ask us every single time we talk but about But you can't Simmons. be a superstar if you have to have a team perfectly constructed mm-hmm. around your talent. But you can. That, that's what we've seen with LeBron for, for you know, arguably the, the bulk of his entire peak. Is these teams were the built LeBron, dr- LeBron dragged the team with Larry Hughes, Daniel Gibson, Zadrunas O'Gall. Much different league, but, I mean, consider those players, though. Drew, awful. like Awful. Awful. Sasha Pavlovich starting, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. It, like Wally Serbiak. If you if you want to have the max contract, if you want to you know be be in all the commercials, get all of these endorsements. At some level, you have to raise the yeah. level of play. And you look, I mean, your catchphrase. Look at the cleaning the glass numbers. I, I urge yeah, you to look at the cleaning glass. the glass. They're very underwhelming. Yeah. No. And and here's where I'll talk you into the ledge. <laughs> you might just jump off a roof right now. Simmons, Simmons is a guy that you need to design an entire team around, but. If you if we project what that type of team looks like, it's not a championship contender. And there's there's something to be said about you as a player. It is a flaw if a team has to build everything around you to maximize your skill set, but that team is not a contender. Like you look at someone like a Kevin Durant. Part of what made that Golden State team so fear, infuriating for us as fans, like that want you know equal teams in the league, is that Kevin Durant can jump on any team, any team, and he will instantly make that team five times better. Right? You cannot say that about Ben Simmons. I don't think you will ever be able to say that about Ben Simmons. It's a good take. Very good take. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, like I've been so wrong, like so frequently. Like, like I, I'm good at like seeing like at the beginning of the season what someone is, and then saying like, oh, like I think this, this, and that can happen. But I'm not very good. Something that I really want to improve on is ha- is thinking about how someone will translate their college game to the pro game. And I'm still, I'm still working on that, both NFL and NBA. One person I have been dead right about is Ben Simmons. Really? I watched I watched him at that LSU. year at LSU. I was like, like, yo, Chief, like this ain't it. He's like, getting that, nice like, numbers. You you are the coldest quote unquote player in the country. You can't get LSU in what was a sorry SEC to the tournament. That's a real thing in my mind. That's oh my god. Like you can't shoot anything that's not a runner or at, or, or like, at the rim. It didn't even seem like he cared. No, yeah. no, yeah. he didn't. He was ready to go. He, yeah. he, he didn't. Go. He was. He was I mean, he was checked out. But he's very like. But he should have been able to sleepwalk his way into a five seed or something. I mean, and and it was just like. I mean, his team sucked, but like. Still, like shooting, shooting. Yeah, Blake, no, Blake yeah. wasn't that team. Blake, he's, he's good. Pretty, he's a pretty good. He's a good. He's I mean, good for, for that call, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like shooting is something that like you work your way into he at times, even try but them. also, yeah, but also, it's sort of like, um, like, like, like a quarterback, like accuracy, like. You you can like you, you can improve it. a little bit. You can do things, you but have you kind of are what you are, and that's like determined pretty quickly. Especially this now his fourth. Season in the league and 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 you haven't made a three. You have no. It has, hasn't attempted a three. Even, I know. I know. But has he has he made an NBA three? No. No. You're not. He, he has no. not attempted one in so a, course, ever. No. Ever. He's never attempted one NBA. Three. The only threes that he's attempted are like, are like half heaves, court half flanks. Court yeah. Okay. Oh so not only has he, has he never made one, he's never shot. You're one. not in the discussion. You cannot even be mentioned in the elite discussion. You're a guard who can't shoot. Listen, a, who who is a, afraid to attempt a three? It's so sexy to harp on the three point thing, but if you look at Simmons' game, he doesn't actually need that. What's more troubling is that the we, finishing we, around the rim. Finishing around the rim, he's not a good finisher for his level of athlete and size. And we both watched that entire Phoenix game. When we talk about mentality, he disappeared in the fourth quarter of a regular season game. And Booker, Devin Booker, God bless Devin him. Booker. Like dog. he justified every Drake lyric ever written about Straight him. Up. He he absolutely <laughs> took over. Wet like I'm Book. Yeah. Wet like I'm Lizzie. <laughs> and he he had four fouls to go into that. I think going to the, going into the third quarter, the second half of the third quarter, Booker was playing with four fouls and still found a way to impact the game. Like put his imprint on every single possession. Kyle Kyle Newbeck of Philly Voice summed this up very nicely because we've talked about how do you maximize Ben Simmons using him as a roller, but I mean. The same problem exists is that he, if he can't pick and pop, then what are you doing? And he said, so the pick and roll is supposed to make your life easier, not create a different version of the same fundamental problem, and the same fundamental problem is that he can't shoot. Yeah. We talk about superstars not necessarily living up to their hype, their billing. Let's go. Let's pivot to the other end. If we had done this show on Monday, um, 
we'd be talking about Lamar Jackson and him leading. That was a full pivot. A full that pivot. Was, that was Four huge pivots. pivots. A full pivot. Sports, angles, I all of it. I banged the table for the I told I banged <laughs> the table for the Ravens. Go ahead. Well, let, let, let's talk about it because I questioned. I had questions, you know, how Lamar would look against the Patriots. I, I felt I like the Patriots did. would be able to Lamar. limit him, but this guy is special, man. Like, he understands how to use his athleticism to manage games. You talk about a game manager, and I'm not saying that as disrespect. I'm saying that, like, He's not going to be able to run over the Patriots the way that he does other teams, but it's just like he's so intuitive with the way that he runs, the vision, the angles that he sees, and he just managed the game and made the timely throws when he needed. Does anyone have a takeaway over what we saw Ravens versus Patriots on Sunday night? For, for someone who plays the game the way he does, how he's able to avoid the disastrous yeah. play. Like, so yeah. many athletic quarterbacks, like, they keep the RG3. play alive, keep it alive, keep it alive, and you're so athletic, like, to a fault. Yeah. That, like, and, and that, like, you just have so much belief in yourself. It's like, I can make this throw. I can make this play. And then it's, like, detrimental. And he just doesn't do yeah. that. He's, like, like he's – he the, the word is special. He is a special, special talent. He's just so graceful on the field. Like, mm. it's not even – like, he just looks like he's not even trying hard. Like, yeah. He's just out there just making cats miss. Like like you said, making them pinpoint throws, running all over everybody. And it's not even just him as a football player. Like, him as a person. Like, that team oh my God. loves so cool. him. Yeah. Like, they they love him. Like, it, it's it's amazing how he's be, you been able Thomas to just – You Thomas on the MVP. Yeah, so. just to control yeah. the locker room like that and bring all those guys together. Like, people absolutely are enamored with the person he is off the field. And that goes a long way. Like I said, um, I, I mentioned the Ravens as being a scary team. I mean, to do that to the Patriots defense, everybody was talking about they didn't play anybody. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, the defensive numbers still are what they are. But he just, I mean, he made them look like fools out there. And, and, and you're, you're right about, like, that's a really difficult thing to do, to be the youngest, one of the youngest guys in the locker room yeah. and be one of the leaders of the team. Like, on every level, at high school, college, pro, you know, it's always, like, the seniors or the veterans that are, like, the leaders of that team. Like, it's so hard to speak up you know in hu- in huddles and in, in, like in any yeah. situation to be the young guy in the team and feel like wh- where can I pick my spots where can I like assert myself here and there um and for anybody who hasn't played like an organized sport like just recognize like how special of like you said how personality this dude is yeah it re- mean, he w- go ahead okay sorry real quick I, I I agree fully and I think something that helps him be able to do that is that he didn't come in as the number one draft right, pick. Yeah. Like he was like last the sixth, like yeah, last or, pick of the first round, like either fifth or sixth quarterback. Sure. Yeah. Taken, quarterback. And yeah. he had to earn his stripes past Joe Flacco. You yeah, know what? And yeah. like like He's so like so often yeah. like like teams will be like, you know what, this is a meritocracy. Like everybody's gotta earn what they get, but unless you're a quarterback yeah, and yeah. then you're just given it, right? And and that's where like like a like a an eighth year linebacker is like, yeah. yo, like right. who's this dude just coming in and, and thinking that he runs the show and it's a it's a fine line to to walk and and but he had to he, he did it so organically that yeah, that's a, that, that's what and, he, and he he was playing well before this but I mean I think this game puts him squarely in the MVP conversation well I mean I know there's there's Christian McCaffrey the Russell Wilson I think Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson is right now he's undeniable no no I know but I'm saying but you have to mention Lamar Jackson yeah he's talk about he's, to, I mean, he's, he's playing that well that you ha- you can't yeah. talk about MVP without mentioning him Russell you know? Wilson twenty two touchdowns one interception it's, yeah it's no, not I'm, only, I'm not taking anything away from any of those guys let, I'm just saying in the conversation. His name has for to be sure. Yes. Let's do a little bit of Russ though, because I think like we have to recognize how incredible of a season Russell Wilson, dangerous Wilson is having. Danger Russ, yes sir. He is he is balling out of control in a way that I don't even think we saw consistently during um um any of those LOB years. No, I'm not at all. I mean, at the beginning of LOB, I mean, he was basically a, a game manager. Yeah, it was the Ben Roethlisberger on the Steelers yep, recipe yep. early in his career. He is right now, I think, hands down the best pocket passer in the league. And I mean his ability to expend, extend plays. And yeah. how about DK Metcalf he's emerging? The best quarterback in the league. Right he's, no, he's the best quarterback in the league. Pocket back. He, no, no, uh, he's look, the best player. He's the best in the player league in the league. Right right now. Now. Let me ask you this: healthy Patrick Mahomes or Russ? Because that's where it gets sticky. Because Mahomes was. I mean, we said the same thing about Mahomes last year. Um, Mahomes, as good as he was, I mean, twenty-two yeah. to one is just outrageous yeah, to me. But I, I'm, I'm never really a fan of being like, look at how many touchdowns this guy's throwing versus interceptions. There's so much luck that goes into it. But that's like, a, that, that, that's sensational. It's, it's, yeah, it's, but, an, it's yeah, a ridiculous ratios. stat. What, what I look at is like every single deep ball that Russ throws. I'm like, oh, it's money. Like every single one. Even even with Mahomes, sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think like Tyreek Hill is gonna have to just run under it and just make a play. But like 
Ru- like when I see like some of the touch that Russ puts in these throws and some of these weird like geometrical like calculations that he makes, I'm like, okay, a the timing of that route. Like you knew, you know the playbook so well. You're a coach out there, basically. Like you know exactly when DK is going to be open. Um, like you know his ability to his ability to read like coverage, and just like his ability to put the ball in the exact like spot right where in the he pocket. And, right he, and he has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's not exactly Tyreek Hill and Travis, and Travis Kelsey, yeah. right? Like, and that's it. Yeah, like that's really it. He lost Will Disley for the year, and then Jacob and, and Hollister comes out Jacob of nowhere. Hollister comes out of nowhere. Like, at what point do we have to start saying like this is Russ, like making everybody around him great? He's yeah. never finished below five hundred. Incredible. He's he's, he's going to walk into he, the hall. He's of a winner. Yeah, oh, yeah no, sure. first ballot. And you yeah. look at the state of this like offensive line all year. Like they suck. His whole yeah. career, they've never. Yeah. They haven't they've had never an offensive line. Their defense line. is terrible. They've How about their so coaching staff with with Schottenheimer? You know, with the mentality, oh, yeah. we're going to just run, run the, ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And Chris Carson's a good back, but is at the he, same yeah. time, when you have a, the best quarterback in the league, arguably, like you've got to sling it. And Dude, I think that's what they've done in recent weeks. They finally like like Russell Wilson. I think last year didn't throw more than like twenty five passes in a single game pretty much like this is like how like how long has it taken them to finally catch up to like give this dude the keys to the kingdom there's one how fun is the game against the exact Niners you 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 stole the words out of my mouth there's one undefeated team that's the 49ers how do we see that coming before the season unbelievable how do how do we see that game playing out with the 49ers defense, what they're able to do offensively versus Russell Wilson, who's on an amazing hot streak right now. I think everything we just said about Russ, yeah. I think the Niners win that convincingly. Wow. It's, it's not enough. I mean, look, as as much impact as a quarterback can have on the field, Seattle has been behind in almost every single game they've played this year. Name one, name two games where they haven't been convincingly ahead. I think they were ahead of, um, I can't remember who, but like, I, I, a good friend of mine is like a diehard Seattle fan. He's he's born and raised in uh, in Washington, and like every every Sunday, I can rely on like an extremely nervous chain of texts from like, dude, like why do we do this every fucking week? We're gonna win this game by one. I already know it. We're down like fourteen right now, and it's all because of Russ. But like when you go up against like a very very good team, possibly the best team in the NFL, yeah. like it, you can't get in holes like that. Six of their seven wins are by a single possession. They beat the Bengals by one, the Steelers by two, the Rams by one, the Browns by four. The Falcons by a touchdown and the Bucks by six. Uh oh. And so and so. Mr. Dallas in the house. Yeah, they are. I mean, I don't. I don't see them getting blown out in this game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just. I, he he will keep them in any game. Sure. Um, it's still too early for me to even pick a winner right now because I haven't like I haven't thought about this game more than this two minute conversation, but. I, I I refuse to count up when you have the best player on a team, whether it's football or basketball. I will never sure. just say they I don't feel great about it. They can't yeah. win a game. I just I genuinely think that's how the game's going. Yeah, go. I think it'll be close. I think um, San Francisco will win just because of their defense. But I think like you like you, all you guys said. I mean, having Russ just keeps you in. How about Richard Sherman you. against uh, Russell Wilson? Oh, oh I love it. That's going to be fascinating. I, like I wanted I wanted to say that it's going to be a low scoring game, but I actually think it's going to be a little higher scoring than people think. Seattle has no defense. Seattle's defense is garbage. And San Francisco. Goes running the ball at an incredible yeah. rate, yeah. like just. But you know, Seattle does. I think they're the, the biggest questions they have on defense. I mean, they have so many questions on defense. But I think the biggest one is their secondary. Like I actually think like the way that they coach that team has always been a. It's always centered around the run game. I think on both sides of the ball. So like I could. I mean, I'm not saying like I would bet on like Pete Carroll versus Kyle fucking Shanahan, who's like the mad genius of the world, 2000 IQ. But, like, I don't know. I could see Seattle having more success against the run than people think. My eye is going to be on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been really good the past two weeks. 70% completions on the season. 6-1 to one touchdown interception ratio the past two games. He really showed out against uh, the Cardinals uh, last uh, Thursday. Um, he's, a, he's a guy I'm going to have my eye on. Um, we've brought in Joshua Skinner, uh, college football hey, hey. connoisseur, expert, oh, reporter. Scoot down one. All of the above. Um, oh, that's that's doing him a disservice. World, you're right. W- world history. World history. Renowned expert. Savant. Just yeah. savant, period. Really the, the Kyle Shanahan of trivia. Only Josh can talk about how Texas won its independence <laughs> in less than 20 minutes and have it perfectly relate to something that was going on in class. Unbelievable. Josh, welcome to the program. We, we appreciate you stopping by. 
Um, you know, one of one of our regulars here at uh, this sports podcast. If by regulars you mean once every like three four weeks. Oh, uh, is that a microaggression, Josh? We we love having you in, and we're here to talk about the college football playoff rankings. They came out yesterday. What was your some of your initial reactions to what we saw? I mean, we talked a little bit about this on Twitter yesterday. Um, it was what kind of mic is this? Do I need to talk straight into it? Yeah, or can yeah, I yeah, you, sound you, you sound great. You sound great. Okay, just making sure here. Uh, I was glad Ohio State was number one. Why? I, I think that Ohio State has, based on who they played, who they've beaten, they have a couple of ranked wins, and they're not just beating teams. They are blowing the doors off everyone. They've been the most consistent team all year. I'm glad that they are the number one team. If you had put LSU at number one, uh, I'm not sure, just based on the eye test, that I could complain about that. But at the same time, LSU, uh, I don't think they've looked quite as good for as long. And I, I think that we're, they're going to get a real test this weekend against Alabama because I, I think Alabama's going to beat them pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I'm glad I'm glad Ohio State's number one. I'm glad Penn State's number four. I thought they've looked very good throughout this early part of the season, too. A little bit surprised they were above Clemson, but uh, when you actually really look at it, maybe I shouldn't have been that surprised. Uh, I'm really not happy with Georgia, where Georgia is. I thought Georgia should be outside the top ten. Mm. You cannot lose wow. to South Carolina, who is not good, who will not make a bowl game, might win five games, probably will. They play like Alabama State in a week or something. And then and you can't have that, and then you're ranked above. You're ranked above Oregon, whose only loss right now is to Auburn, who's like, well, it came in at like, what, 11, right? So you lose another team, you're somehow ahead of them. You're ahead of Utah, whose loss is to USC. Say what you want about USC, they're not a terrible football team. And, and then you have OU, who, I mean, if, if anything, you could argue that OU should be above Utah uh, in, in some regards. They lost to what I think is a very underrated Kansas State team who came in at 16. Uh, and by the way, if you're looking for a bet, they're a six and a half point dog at Texas this week. I expect them to win that game straight up. Vegas uh, alert. What? Vegas alert. I, th- I mean, I, I was talking with Tony about this yesterday. I think there's a number of bets this week in college football really? uh, that, that might pay off big. No offense to Tony's uh, Michigan State Sparty. team, but I think that uh, pound, pound I think Illinois, Illinois, they've been playing really well lately. I think they got a legit chance to actually win that game, and they're a 13.5, 14.5-point dog in that. I would, I, would play it, I would play it both ways. I would I would. Get get some money line action, get some spread action. But oh. Illinois both ways. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of Baylor at 12. Mm. Uh, I think Baylor's got two ranked wins based on the college football playoffs committee's rankings. They beat number 16, Kansas State. They didn't just beat Kansas State, they blew them out. And then they beat up on, or no, excuse me, I think it was a close game with Kansas State, and they blew out Oklahoma State, uh, who comes in at 23 in the Big 12. And so I think that they should actually be higher than what they are. I would have put Baylor... Somewhere around eight or nine, I would have Baylor ahead of Oklahoma at this point because Oklahoma has only played two teams with a winning record, Texas, Kansas State. They lost to one of those teams. Now, again, we talk about this all the time. It's going to start solving itself. Oklahoma is going to start playing tougher teams. Baylor is going to start playing tougher teams. Kansas has kind of already played a little bit of thing. Uh, Georgia, they're going to have to get, I mean, they're going to have to play Texas A&M. They're going to be a favorite in that. But I'm not convinced Georgia is that really a, a top 10 team. I think they might be a... A, a 10 to 20 team somewhere in there so we'll see how they do uh, but yeah. the great the great thing about this is like and now like usually i guess not the last few years but i've had a team that's been so close to it and i've gotten so worked up about these rankings like how the hell is baylor a spot ahead of michigan state when this and this and this and like look at the body of work look at the eye test but every single year it plays itself out like it's, this is just like fodder. This is just fodder for, for for like all of us to have something to talk about, and it's great and it's good fun. But like LSU's going to have to play Bama, yeah. and then one of them is going to have to go play Georgia in the SEC title game, and Penn State has to play Ohio State, and like all and those hey, things. Tony's so, not going to like it. Don't sleep on Michigan, or excuse me, Minnesota. Don't sleep on Minnesota. I am I am fully asleep on Minnesota. Fast asleep. Yes, PJ Fleck is a snake oil salesman. Well, he just snake oil. Uh, he waited seven, mil- seven, seven years and what, like five million years? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good chunk. I think it was like four point six puts him yeah. in that. Let me let me ask coaches. you this, Josh, about the discrepancy between the way that you perceive that the rankings are put together versus you. I, you showed me the other day that you've got your own personal rankings and you put a, a, a oh, huge premium. Horrible. You, you put a huge premium on strength of schedule. Can yes. you elaborate a little bit more on that? So one of the things that drives me nuts, and I know it drives Tony nuts too, is the preseason polls. The 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 that basically like if someone starts out as preseason number six, and we see this every year, it takes two or three losses for them to drop out of the top twenty-five. But if some team's not in the top twenty-five, it might take 
Oh, even long. So they're six and one, yet they're still ranked below a team that's five and three or something, something similar to that scenario. That drives me insane. So what I did is I created kind of a mathematical way of kind of compensating for human bias. And it, it uses the AP poll as a baseline. And then what I do is I go through and I assign a, 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 per, a point system through based on beating ranked teams, how much you beat them by or lose to them by beating what I call quality wins, which is any Power 5 team with a 500 record or greater. And then I also... At the time they play? Or, no, or, overall. overall. That's one thing that drives me insane. I tweeted about that yes. during class because I wasn't paying attention <laughs> earlier. class. And it drives me insane that I saw somebody on Twitter arguing that, you know, LSU's got three top 10 wins. Texas is not a top 10 team. They're not ranked in any of the polls. They should not be counted as a top 10 win. Alabama should not count Texas A&M as a top 10 win. It, because, it, it drives me absolutely nuts because A&M starts the season in the top 15 and it takes three losses for them to drop out. All of a sudden you're counting that as a ranked win. Well, they're not as good as a bunch of those ranked teams that shouldn't count for you. And I think the playoff committee does a good job of that. They said last night that people were wondering why Oklahoma was behind some people. They're like, look, Oklahoma's most impressive win is Texas and Texas isn't that good. We're not really going to give them credit for that win. And they didn't give LSU a lot of credit for beating Texas either. And I'm, I, I'm glad the committee does that. When it's all said and done, do you think that how, – how how, what do you think the difference will be between the actual field versus uh, what we see now? I mean, if you think Alabama is going to defeat LSU, then, you know, they're, they're going to rise. So who do you see the final four being when it's all said and done? I think Oklahoma State – or, excuse me, Ohio State is – I'm getting all my OSUs confused. I think Ohio State is going to run the table. Okay. I think they will win the Big Ten, and obviously they do that. They are in. Uh, I'm starting to lean more and more that you're going to get two SEC teams in. Okay. I think Tony's been a proponent of that for a bit. Uh, I think that, and there's the argument that the loser of this Alabama-LSU game is actually better suited to get into the playoffs because they won't have to play that championship game. Uh, I, I think that Alabama is going to get in. I think that I, pre, I, I would say Clemson as well. Uh, if you're not going to get that LSU or, that, uh, or an LSU team in as that fourth team, you know what, I'm going to go back to a team that I was harping on in the preseason in Oregon. I think if, if Oregon runs the table and goes 12-1, and one, I think they're better situated to get in over an Oklahoma uh, or some of the other teams, or even if Penn State goes 12-1 and one, mm. or 11-1. I, I, I like you sticking to your guns on Oregon, and I'm going to say exactly what we said on our CFP football preview show. Ohio State runs the table, Bama beats LSU this week, and get, goes undefeated into the SEC title game. Plays Georgia, one loss Georgia. Georgia gets the win. Bama's in. You can't can't count out Bama with their only loss being the SEC champion in an extra game. They were undefeated. Georgia's in because they just won the SEC championship. Ohio State is in. And then Clemson will probably be in because they will be undefeated. And then Oregon with one loss will be left out. Oklahoma with so one the, loss will the be left out. the usual suspects. Yep. Yeah. I don't see Oregon uh, making it. Let's put a Dr. Pepper on that. If Oregon makes it, you <laughs> well, know. I, I mean, I, if I had to pick right now, I would say Oregon would make it. Like, I was you that, said they wouldn't so make no, it. You I, said you were sticking I, to your guns. But well, you get well because I said if the two, the two SEC because I said I was leaning now towards the two SEC teams. Making, okay. If I have to pick someone in LSU's place, I said it was Oregon. You got to okay. give him odds. You got to give him two Dr. Pepper or two yeah. Dr. Peppers if they make it. Oregon is got to size. Is this like a twelve ounce can? Are we talking about right. this, this is this is regulation ounce. size. This is just you know twenty ounce. Yeah. Done. He's a big Dr. Pepper. Two to one. I mean, two to one, you know, it I'll do like it. It seems like an easy bet for me because whether or not they make it or not, I'm not really losing a whole lot here. But if I win, I, I win two. You win big. You're right. Yeah, I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Nope. 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 It's, it's, it's firm verbal. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Breaking news. Jordan Matthews just signed with my Philadelphia Eagles. Again. We desperately need For the third time. For the third time. Fly, Eagles, fly. We will see you when we see you. Peace.